your favorite toy truck nerds are back. Welcome to That Scale RC Show. show this is episode 72 with jeremy and adam travis had some work stuff to do tonight so he will not be joining us he will just be here in spirit watching over us making sure that we do what we're supposed to do so dude you make it sound like he's gone forever time passes slower when he's not around (laughs) it's been 20 (laughs) seconds it's been 20 seconds. <laughs> I didn't. True. I didn't die. You're That's not what I was gonna say. Talking. He made it. He made it sound like he died. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. want to be on the show tonight because you had work to do. You're dead to me. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, now that that's cleared up, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Alrighty, bye bye. <laughs> oh, so here we are, another week of Scale RC. Um, you see any good stuff coming out, Adam, this week? Um, I don't know about, you know, good. I mean, there are, there's just, you know, there's new products. Um, I'm going to leave that up to, you know, our listeners and, uh, the consumers to decide if it's good. Um, there's some definitely, I would say questionable items that are coming out that you're just kind of like, really? Like, is there really a market for that? But, you know, who, who knows? Like one of them, um, Kyosho's got uh, tracks for the Mini Z, and I just don't know how well that's gonna go. I be, do you know how much they are? Because you pretty much have to like get a second mortgage on your house to buy a Mini Z. Um, I'm gonna try and pull it up right now. If it would be my- fabulous if they're 200 bucks. I can't imagine they're any easier to make in 24th scale than they are 10th scale. And the 10th scale ones are really expensive too. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that like the the one tenth scale tracks, you know, already have you have to have like optimal, you know, snow conditions for that. So for these, um, I mean, what kind of snow condition do you need or, you know? Yeah, that I, I've only been around one person that's ever used tracks, and it was on like the one like solid snow day. Like we've gone hiking at this lake up here that you hike around the perimeter of it, and like way way up on the cliffs above the lake, we've ran into snow. But I've only you know that was just patches though. Like I've only done like a real like gnarly snow day where there was just no dirt or anything. And one of my buddies had a set of the RC four wheel drive tracks and he just didn't have really any luck. Like it was, they, it, it was weird because on the, the snow that we we're on was really, really wet. 
and it worked good because it packed everything down really nice and solid for it and stuff and it was actually good for him to kind of like blaze trails for us but if he got into anything that had like a crust on top or was like remotely icy and stuff they just didn't work at all yeah see and that's that's what i'm saying like i just i don't know because i know elio's got the tracks and like the snow had to be like perfect like if it was soft and like just you know like super powdery you you'd still sink like the tracks worked great for like ice if or if the snow was like just got that crust over on the top where the top's kind of like hard pack but there is powder underneath it'll go but as soon as it's powder it'll just if the rig's heavy it'll just start sinking it doesn't really matter um but here, let's pl- let's play a fun little game. Um, take a wild guess how much these tracks are, and they're sold in pairs. I was trying to look. You beat me. Um, I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say two hundred bucks. Hmm. They're gonna be priced around forty dollars per pair. Well, that's not bad, really. I mean, <laughs> when it's like tenth scale or you know twenty four scale stuff, like that's relatively not terrible not at all i was figuring they'd be ungodly expensive i mean i'm not trying to like knock on kyosha or anything because they make really great cars but their stuff is like really damn expensive usually yeah um back to the new subject the only other thing i know that was new that kind of caught my eye and it's only actually because my buddy's son is a big like ford I guess they call them dent sides. I'm not familiar with the whole Ford lingo. Um, but I guess, like, I think it's the 60s. They're called dent side because of the way the body comes in at a dent. Like, it looks like a dent before the top, wherever that crease is. Um, they, uh, I guess, what? who is that that made it? Now I'm forgetting the company. Um, not Cross. <sighs> this is horrible. Charisma? Charisma. Charisma just came out with the 79 F100 uh, or 76 F100 clear body, and now it's a detachable bed, kind of like how Proline did the um, the C10, how you can get the cabin oh, wow. bed. So yeah, I wish it, like all trucks were that way. Like I, that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all if all Lexan truck bodies were made two part now. Oh yeah, no, that'd be cool if that was the new standard. Yeah, because it looks so much better, and you don't have that weird reinforcement right behind the B pillar where it kind of like curves up, and yeah, yep. that'd be it'd just be way cleaner. Yep, and it's always funny to watch how they've always tried to like hide that um, that reinforcement that you're talking about. Like I know mm-hmm. Proline used to do that with uh, used to be able to get the Ford um, F series, like the F250 or 350, whatever sticker you put on it was what it became. And you used to get one of those, and instead of having the reinforcement, they had a molded in uh, toolbox. So, like, you had a cross, a toolbox cross box across the back. That was the reinforcement to give it, you know. Well, that's pretty smart, unless you don't like truck boxes. Yeah. So, it was just funny, like, to watch them kind of try and always hide them. Chevy, for some reason, whenever they did a Chevy, they always seemed to have the the supports just coming down. That's weird. Huh. So, Interesting. 
but those are really the only two like news things that I really know about. And like I said, the other one is just because my buddy's son, he's got a 76 F two fifty, um, and he wants to build a replica now. So he wants to get that body painted the blue, like his and, you know, build a truck just like it. So well, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, sorry, one sec here. You know, Christmas one of those brands that I just know nothing about. Well, see, I'm the same thing. I don't know much about them either. Like they have a um, Range Rover, an older like late '80s, early '90s one, I believe, and that thing looks pretty rad. But I haven't really seen many good like chassis pictures or anything of it. You know, to like really get any kind of a sense of what that thing's about or how it's put together. I mean, it, yeah. I, I don't know a lot about Cross, but I know more about Cross than Charisma even, so I'm really in the dark as to what the hell these things are and what they're comprised of. Supposedly, they're pretty popular over in Europe. Like, they have some, like, Charisma-type events and stuff, so I don't know. Kind of interesting. Maybe one of our... European listeners can school us in on what those brands are all about because I've only seen the one. Ah, oh, shoot, yeah, it's on back order. Um, 1981 Range Rover. It's older than yep. I thought. I'm looking at it right now. Dude, that thing looks so good, though. Like, I want it just because of the body, you know, basically. I wonder if you can get the body by itself. I don't, I don't know. I don't even but know see if anyone has replacement parts for it. What's funny is see okay so I'm, I'm assuming you're on the A main site like I am. Uh-huh. So you see right next to it you see that um the F150 the 76. So it's that same body but they split the bed and made it two piece. Oh, that's cool. So, so yeah. That's really cool. God they got replacement frame rails and all kinds of stuff but the only body I've seen so far is for their Coyote. Which isn't a bad-looking truck body for, you know, a non-licensed one. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Parts for these Charismas aren't horribly expensive either, which is kind of neat that I'm noticing. Like, their ring gear, it, look, it looks like an old Axial-style one, like from the Gen 1 SCX-10, but uh, they're only 16 bucks for a ring gear. That's pretty good. Interesting. Huh. Learn something new every day. Yep. Well, aside from what you had, the only new thing that I had was um, RC four-wheel drives midnight edition of the Trail Finder, and it's a lot. <laughs> um, a lot of what <clears throat> RC four-wheel drive has is a lot. <laughs> they're they're expensive cars, like really but expensive. Also- but you also got to give it to them. I don't. I only. I only think they've released one non-hard body vehicle that I know of, which I think was that early two thousands Toyota. If I'm not mistaken, or am I wrong? The Lexan. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only Lexan one besides for like they had a really brief period where they had a uh, Ford. F two fifty or three fifty that had flames and stuff all over it. Um, they had that body, but I haven't seen that in at least a year. So that 
is probably a thing of the past by now, I would think. I was it was funny that we're on the subject of hard bodies and stuff because I last night I was looking pretty hard at their um what is it, ninety seven Toyota extra cab pickup body. And uh-huh. It's like, man, it'd be kind of cool, you know, to like pinch nose and bob the bed on one and like do a hard body build and stuff. And then like I kind of had to like look at the price again to justify it to myself, you know, and I was like, all right, no, I I can't because I want to say it was north of 150 bucks before, you know, shipping or tax or anything. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm probably not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, looks like. J Concepts has a. They have two new bodies. Interesting. I wonder why this stuff didn't come up in the new, the new section. So they've got a JCI M117 Lloyd, which is kind of a new Kaiserish, like Jeep new Kaiserish looking body, um, like a military style with a fake like soft top on it and some little storage boxes and stuff. But um, so J concepts has a new body and then they also have a 79 F two fifty, which is single piece. Like we were just talking about. Oh, so it was one sixty. One sixty is retail on that Toyota. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's an 87, not 97. But, you know, it's like, man, 160 bucks and go, like, chopping on it and stuff. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if I'm really feeling that. Yeah. I, I think it's absolutely worth it. Like, it's got, like, full interior and stuff like that. But on something like the Enduro or some of the Axial RTRs, you would, like, I don't know. That interior might be tricky with that transmission because it's not too not too friendly when it comes to running a full interior with the bigger three gear transmissions instead of the all low rider ones that everybody's coming out with now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I don't know. My, my internet wigged out for a second. So I was hoping that it didn't screw up the connection. I mean, literally the, like my whole screen, like it said, I was on a website, but the whole screen was black. So I was like, Oh Oh, geez, what the heck's going on over here? Well, before we even got started, like when we were just talking with Trav and stuff before the show, I went to open Instagram on my phone and it said no internet connection. So I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights right on. <laughs> yeah. Great. No, knock on wood, though. We're having good luck. So that's nice. Didn't have to go Skype this time. So that's good. Well, why don't we get into some questions then? All right. Do I still have them up? Yes. Um, oh, real quickly. Yeah. Do you still want the 1981 Range Rover clear body? Um, only if it's under 50 bucks. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I'm sorry, sir. You're short $7.88. I guess that's not terrible. Like, I think suggested retail on, like, the last body I saw suggested retail was what was it, 57 or something for the Proline uh, Colorado body, that uh-huh. Luxan one. So really, I mean, for what you're getting with that Charisma one, that isn't terrible. Yeah, it's uh, 57.88 on eBay. That's not bad. That's where I found my um, Cross Scout bodies. Then you could get the Charisma... 
painted body for $89.99 on ASAP Hobbies. Not that I've ever heard of them. Rocky ASAP Hobbies. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Isn't it ASAP Rocky? I don't know. I don't listen to rap. <laughs> I think Rocky. you're right. It's ASAP Rocky. That there's their whole little it's it's I don't know what it's actually called, but it, I think there's a whole ASAP crew because there's because I know ASAP Rocky and ASAP Ferg are the two like names that are very popular from them. Uh, everybody else like there's a ton of other ones, but I don't think they really have any hits. I think they're all still like semi underground. No, I wouldn't even know if it's undergrounds. What to say? It's just they don't have any mainstream playtime. Like how 50 Cent had G-Unit and they were all his little minions that were only allowed to have like a certain like fame cap and it couldn't increase past his own fame. Well, it's funny that, that you say that because it's very similar in this in the fact that they all had like Lloyd Banks, um, Young Buck, Young Buck. They all had their own like singles, but they never had as many singles as 50 cent and the only one that i don't even know if he had his own single was tony yayo uh yeah, i think he had i want to say he had his own album like i know he had his own album i just don't know if he had his own hit like that actually yeah i don't think so lloyd banks did though like actually i got to meet that dude at the avn awards once so that was kind of yeah. cool yeah he had his own little movie company bank shop productions Nice. Yeah. Not a very big guy. No, I don't think so. Yeah, that was crazy because we saw Lil John there too. That was nuts. That was right about the time that I stopped listening to rap was like right after Gene. It kind of started falling you, you apart. You know what? And I know this is going to sound really stupid, but could you imagine? You, you said Lil John, right? Yeah. Can and he's you, tiny. He's an oh, elf. Oh, yeah. I know. Um, Could you imagine – like, like, would it get annoying if somebody saw you in public to just be like, yeah? Oh yeah, I every know. time to see him, like, I'm, how? Dude, I bet how, he gets that so much. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, would you like? I mean, at that point, would you almost like be sitting there, like putting your, like, just shaking your head, going, "Damn it, I wish I never invented that." Well, he had a pretty big posse with him, and so I think that, like. It, it was almost like he had, like, bodyguards because there were some big dudes with him. And, like, they carried around his, like, you know, bank robbery movie briefcase, you know, that his crunk cup was kept in it and stuff. And, like, they kind of, like, had this perimeter set up around him wherever he went so that people, like, wouldn't talk to him or anything. It was really weird because you would see that and then you turn around and, like, you're walking past and I saw Lemmy Kilmeister there and he's just by himself just checking stuff out, you know. And it's like, huh, okay. It's kind of an interesting comparison here. Yeah. Lemmy, yeah, Lemmy was even uglier in person, in case you were wondering, too. So, <laughs> blood, God rest his soul. <laughs> he was an interesting-looking dude. Yeah. That was, it was cool to see him. I don't know. I I miss, like, G-Unit and stuff. I Honestly, I think Young Buck was probably the best one to come out of that whole group. Yeah. No, I mean, all that stuff, like, I mean, it's funny that you bring that up because I'll just make this real short and sweet, and then we'll get back to questions. Um. Like, I used to listen to a lot – I guess I could say I'd listen to more rap when I was probably 
early high school, you know, because even throughout high school, you know, which was sadly until 2007, um, it, you know, I thought the music was pretty good. Like the rap was pretty good. Like it was, you know, it there the beats were good, the lyrics were good, there was talent, you know, people actually could, you know, create good what I call good music. And he, now it's like, for instance, Michelle's son listens to this, if you want to call it rap, and they're like, Why don't you listen to rap anymore? I said, Cause this is all garbage. I can't understand anything they're saying. It's there's like, it almost is like they don't even try to rap anymore. It's just like they have a beat and they just say stuff to it. Now it's like, doesn't it doesn't even have to like make sense. <laughs> that was kind of like my dad's reaction to death metal and stuff. <laughs> like you just, you like, we sound like such old people sitting here complaining about the current generation's music. Like, I, I think that's something that, like, takes place every single generation doesn't approve, but... Well, no, I'm just saying, like, okay, if you... Like I said, I don't want to make this about, like, that kind of, like, episode, but it's, like, if you take, honestly, some modern... What I would say, rappers that have come out in the last, like, f- let's say five years... If you wanted me to, I could probably put them all in one hand that actually you can understand what they're saying. Everybody yeah, else. Kendrick Lamar's decent. Kendrick Lamar's good. That's he had really good mentors, though, you know? Like, so I mean, like, that guy's going to be good. Like, him, Drake. Y- There's a few that were good. YG, I think, is good. Um, what's his name? The white dude from. Berkeley, Oakland area. Um, G Easy. Um, like those guys actually have lyrics. You put in people like, for instance, Future, Migos, any of the people that came out of the Migos, half of it's just mumbling. You're just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I doubt I'll ever be able to get back into that music. Like, on occasion, I'll listen to, like, some Wu-Tang or something still, but, like, yeah, I don't listen to anything. Yeah, like, Wu-Tang's about as hip-hop as I get anymore, but just because I freaking love those guys. They were yeah. geniuses. Our geniuses. Yep. So, well, now that we've dated ourselves and made ourselves sound like we're ancient, we'll get to some questions here. And our first one is from Chris Trudeau. What is your favorite swear word? Repeat question. Why is it so difficult to focus on one build at a time? Okay, well, let's just go through. He's got a couple of them in one. So, favorite swear word? Um... I divulged that information to Trav and Adam. Um, I cannot say them over the air, though, because they're bad. What's your favorite swear word, Adam? Well, I don't think any of us can say our favorite swear what, word. What is it? What's the first letter of your favorite swear word? That's probably as close as we can get. We don't need C? the FCC getting on us. C? Me yep. too. Yeah, good ones start with C. So then his repeat question, why is it so difficult to focus on one build at a time? I don't know. I'm trying to do that right now, and I'm having a little bit better luck, but it's like, for me, it's like you're working on something, and you'll 
like you're kind of generating like ideas and kind of being creative with what you're doing. And then all of a sudden something will pop up and you're like, Oh, I want to do this to that. Or that gives me an idea. I'm going to, I need to do this. And so it's like just this ever perpetuating cycle of unfinished stuff because you just get inspired at weird moments or have an idea that you just can't wait until later. Cause you're worried you're going to forget about it or something. So I don't know that that's how it is for me though. Like I just, I'm, I really am trying to just do one thing at a time right now so that I can actually get stuff done a little bit quicker as far as like builds for work and stuff. Yeah, no, I have to agree. That's usually my downfall is the fact that, you know, it's like you, I'll be in the middle of a build and then you'll see something that totally inspires you, but it's not related to what you're building. And you're just like, oh, I need to do that right now. And then you just, eh, eh, that's when I call it my squirrel moment. And then you start doing that. And then you get back to like what you were working on and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. And then you like, you know. Dude, yeah. And it's just all downhill. Like probably the most recent example was I'm working on the giveaway trail runner and I'm doing the exhaust on it. I was like, Oh, I really need to do that to my trail runner too. Cause I really like how that looks, you know? So I kind of like tested everything on my own personal one. So I didn't screw up the one that's getting given away if something happened. But then it was like, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh man, I want to like, do up my trail runner and do this to it. And so it's like, I renewed this interest in like finishing that thing or continuing, you know, just making it cooler and stuff. And so it totally distracted me. And cause I've got the next thing that I need to do after the giveaway trail runner is the second gatekeeper for Travis. Cause he needs that one for parts and stuff. And so, um, I need to do that one, but then I've got the six by six sitting here that I need to paint, do graphics on and make a soft top for. And then, you know, now all of a sudden I'm trail runner crazy again. So I want to try and fit that in somewhere too. So I don't know, it's just, it, I don't know. I don't think it ever ends. It's like you, you have to almost be super disciplined about just sticking to one thing and I don't know. I, I take a lot of pictures. Like when I find something I like or a cool idea, like I'll just screenshot it. And that's kind of my way of like writing it down to remember to do it later. Yeah. My whole thing is it's kind of like, it's back, you know, that's kind of like what's going on with me. Like it all comes down to time, what I have on hand and like how much money I want to throw at something because, you know, let's face it, it all costs money. Um, so it's like, so I know I have my UC fab build that I'm working on for like, I think it's been on like two years now. And a lot of it just has to do with, cause I know that's going to be what I call a top shelf build. Every part that I want for that is pricey. So I got a budget and save. And when I see something available or a good deal or whatever, then I'll, you know, jump on it. Um, other ones, it just takes time for me to sit down and actually work on it. Like I still want to do the, um, the one nine bomber conversion, but I just got to now sit down and play around with the wheelbase and everything. So, um, cause there's really not, which is interesting. There's really not a, um, like kind of like a go-to like, or a how-to like online on going about doing that because some people are like, yeah, I just used SCX 10 links and that was it. Then other people are like, ah, the SCS, SCX 10 links were a little long, so I had to make my own. 
So it's just like, uh, you got to kind of play around with it. And, um, you know, cause like back in the day when everybody wanted to do a Ron show, you know, put a, you know, put AR sixties underneath your SCX 10, there was tons of people doing write-ups on how to do it. Yeah. So it's just like those days are kind of like gone. And I think we lost that with the, you know, no, um, no more forums. It's all, you know, on Facebook. Yeah. So, and then what else do I have that's in the works? Um, that's really it. Uh, if Todd ever finishes my body, I got my leaf sprung build that I want to do. Um, so that one's just sitting on the back burner due to that, you know, not having the body, but that's kind of it. Um, oh, I got kind of got one project finished and squared up today. I, uh, got the, uh, my OG axial, um, AX 10 scorpion up and running, which it didn't need much. Um, it just needed a remote re uh, receiver and I had to resolder a new battery lead on it. Um, everything else was there. Uh, oh, nice. Well, which, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it's all stock electronics. The exact electronics that would have came in it way back when are still in it. It's got the AE1 and whatever the servo was back then. Oh, and, wow. And the axial, I want to say it was a 55-turn motor. Hmm. I'm probably going to have to look that up because I don't know exactly what it comes with. But, um, yeah, so I got that going, which actually worked out because, like I said, that actually – didn't really cost me anything because um, over the weekend I worked on Michelle's dad's six by six. He bought a bunch of upgrade parts for it, new motor, e, uh, new motor ESC and servo, and he wanted to to hook up to one of his existing Spectrum remotes. So he said, when we were all said and done, he goes, um, you know what do I owe you? And I said, you don't owe me anything. I said, just give me the remote and receiver from the RTR and we're good to go. Nice. So I scored that and turned that into my, uh, um, and now that's how I powered up the, uh, AX 10. And are you, are you're not actually planning on driving that thing. It's just going to sit on the shelf. Oh no, no, no. This one I have two. Well, Oh, okay. You got the new in the box and then a driver then. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, cool. I got, yeah, I got um, yeah, I got two. So I only nice. jumped on that. I only jumped on that one, only because I, I saw it available. So I was like, all right. I I get the whole like, I I if I could like if I came across something like you did and I was somehow able to have two of them, like I would for sure have one to just keep picture perfect and then one to have fun with but still be nice to it well the whole reason why um the whole the whole like like i said the reason how the first one came to be was when jason was closing ckrc um the first thing that popped up to my mind because you know he was liquidating everything as i said you know because originally it was funny the very first time which i want to say was i think 2015 I want to say, I think it was 2015, first time I ever stepped foot in CKRC's store. I looked up for, at all the vehicles he had for sale, and he had that Axial. And I was just like, really? Like, how did you guys acquire an Axial, you know, Scorpion almost ready to run? And he was like, 
oh, they came when we bought the store. It was in the inventory, and I was like, wow. Huh. That's pretty cool. So then he, so then I said, dude, I'm surprised you have that up there because I said, you know, you can't even get that anymore. You could probably raise your price on that. And he goes, you know what? You're right. I don't think we're going to sell it. And he pulled it from, from being up on the shelf and he kept it in his office forever. And then when he was shutting down the store, he, you know, we were talking about everything and I go, all right, I know this probably sounds bad, but what are you going to do with that? You know, Scorpion almost ready to run. And he goes, <sighs> well, I think it needs to go to a good home. And I go, okay. And he goes, would you be willing to take it? And I said, yeah, but what's the price? And he goes, 400 bucks. And I go, sold. So I jumped on in a second because <laughs> I was like, I'll never find another one for that price. And it's in the box, right? It hadn't been opened or did you open it? No, it's still in the box. haven't opened it. That's so rad. That's some self-control there. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I'm just still too much like a little kid, like, oh, I want to see it like, just once. I'll take it out once and then put it back so that nothing gets screwed. You know, like, nah. That's funny. Yeah, so, I'm starting to hoard stuff like that that I come across. It's been discontinued. Like, I've been on a mission collecting Proline interiors because that's, like, one of my favorite things to use on a build. And with not having them, I'm just hoarding them and stashing them away on my shelf with the scout bodies that I found because I've got two more of those cross scout bodies for my scout because I, I, I really do want to drive the thing but it's so nice that I don't want to mess it up and so when I came across those other bodies I think the first one I got included the grill and stuff and it was like 75 bucks or 80 bucks or something ridiculous and that's why I didn't really, you know, I've only driven it once because I didn't want to hurt it because, you know, it wasn't cheap as far as Lexan bodies go. And so I did that, and then I found two of them for 40 each that didn't come with any of the grill and stuff, and so I just jumped on those right away. I was like, okay, that'll work. I mean, later on down the road, if I can't find a grill or something for it, we can just 3D print one or something and go from there. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, I get the hoarding things and stuff. Well, and I, and I know it's probably like, you know, some people say it's not like the, the best thing to do to like hoard stuff like that. But like I said, I just, you know, I, to me, finding something that's like so like iconic is just, you know. Well, because that's more than an RC car. That's a piece of history for the hobby. You know what I mean? Like that was like a forerunner of what we have today. And so I. I don't think that's a silly thing to spend 400 bucks on. I think that's like actually, you know, if somebody's passionate like you are about the hobby and really like lives the life, you know, then that's absolutely justifiable. And I think it's a really cool piece to have in your collection. Well, now what's killing me is I'm on Axial's, um, you know, the legacy part of their website and I'm looking at that rig and I'm like, okay, well, I could see where. You know, obviously mine's got some use because there's more to the body. So somebody trimmed it off because it probably got hung up on something because it's not there anymore. Um, so the body could be replaced. Um, I mean, not that I'll find one, but it could be use a new body. Uh, the tires I know are super dry. I don't even know if I can revive those. But what's crazy is I'm looking at the original, the very first, um, the very first axial scorp which had the b17 betty body on it and they're coming out with the scx24 with that um 
with the same body. And I'm like, how cool would that be if I could find a, a one-tenth scale scorpion body and throw it on that rig because it's a, you know, I dude. John hit up John Kerry. He might have him still. He was selling a couple brand new clear B seventeen bodies for a hundred bucks. Hmm. So hit up John Kerry and see if he still has those because I saw that on Facebook a while back. Okay, yeah, I might. Cause dude, how cool would that be to have a one ten axial scorpion and then you can get the twenty four and have them right next to each other. Yeah. Well, and I missed so. my opportunity to do something like that because. I've got the Enduro 24, and I did, like, the gray wrap on it, and the Sendero, you know, the first gray pickup that Element came out with, that's discontinued now, and so that would have been super sick to be able to have those side-by-side, but just wasn't in the cards, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well. So Chris says he's currently juggling three builds simultaneously. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) I think it sounds like the rest of us. That said, thoughts on using build tables like the NWS D1 or do you wing it? Um, I wing it. Like, I I totally winged the moon buggy build, just everything. I just, I eyeball it all. I mean, it's not like I do a bunch of welding or anything anyways. I mean, I will at some point, you know, when I get some time, start welding stuff again and making a couple cages for myself. But really i mean i don't know i i think that's a rad part like i really like his tubing bender but as far as like the build table goes um i have a friend who has one i don't know if he's used it yet um i don't know i i mean if you're doing a ground up build i think i I think it's cool you know it's a great way to get everything precise i just i i don't use it i just i don't know it would probably for me it would probably spend more time sitting than being used because lately it just seems like everything I do is just changing a kit or an RTR around parts-wise. It's not really – I don't do a lot of ground-up stuff. I've only done two in the last year, and that's been the Moon Buggy and the 1.9 Bomber. Everything else has been basically pre-made. Yeah. Which is – you kind of wing it too, right? You don't use like a jig or anything like that when you do stuff. No, I don't. I've tried to get a little I've tried to get a little more, I guess you could say professional or like consistent with that. So what I'll typically do is like the closest I get is I don't usually use a jig. It's more of like freehand, but once I have a part and like let's say I need to mirror it, I'll try my best to not completely like if it's just like tacked onto the thing, I'll just cut the tack off, then I could put it back down and copy it again and then, you know, make it again. Or I just try my best to do measurements and eyeball it. I mean, there's some stuff like, I mean, I've been watching, um, what's his name? Um, Andre, uh, with uh, scale metal supply. If you watch his, uh, his tech tips that he's been doing on Tuesdays, he puts out like a little five minute, eight minute video on like this one. It's been a three part series, four part series. Now building a bumper. I mean, the, the attention to detail and the way he goes about it is, like, insane. But, I mean, look at the results you get. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw that, the drift walker that he made for Jeremy Kim, that cage. Uh-huh. I saw that thing in person because um, I went crawling with Jeremy and Elliot not that long ago. And, dude, it was – that is one beautiful rig. Yeah, Andre does really good stuff. Um. Is a $20 build budget difficult, or does it just make you flex your creativity more? 
it's probably one of the hardest things I've had to do so far. Um, I'm really spoiled because I have a lot of cool stuff at my disposal that I can make things with and lots of tools and printers and 3D printers and stuff at my disposal. But um, it, 20 bucks and just using like stuff you have sitting around or is easily obtainable by somebody because that's kind of like the whole theme of this build off if nobody's um, seen it is Element gave myself um, Temp RC Mike from Mike's RCH Fresh fresh Squeezed RC and Chris at Hemistorm each of us got a Trail Runner Fire and we've got a $20 budget to customize it and then we're giving them away um, so people can, there's actually, you know, you have five chances to win. And so, um, that's like the kind of typical, like post tag, you know, type, type thing that you see on Instagram a lot. So we're doing that. And, uh, the 20 bucks, it, it was really hard because like, it, it's tough because for me, like, I felt it felt like having a budget restriction was kind of like I, I sort of felt like I was being half-assed this entire time, if that makes sense. Like I'm not. I mean, I'm putting in a lot of work to it and time and trying to make sure everything's really nice and perfect on it. But it's just twenty bucks doesn't go very far. I think I spent seventeen of that on touch-up paint because I found some Toyota Inferno orange touch-up paint, and so I painted the grill insert and then the little element pin uh, on the front skid for the IFS. I painted that, and then some other stuff I'm doing. And so, you know, I I got lucky and found a scrap of carbon fiber tubing, which, I don't know, most people probably don't have that laying around, but you can get it at most plastic supply or hobby shops because they use um, carbon fiber tubing a lot on helicopters. And so um, I had a scrap of that laying around and I made little exhaust tips and like CA glued the ends to make them look better and not, not a splinter apart or anything. So, I mean, I, I got lucky cause I had that here. I had silver paint. So I had that here. Um, definitely makes you be creative more, but you still have this like need inside to do more to it, you know, because it's like, man, I want, I want somebody to get it and think it's rad and be really impressed and like it and have it be, you know, like a special thing for them. And I just, I feel weird cause I want to do so much more to it. And I can't. So it's definitely makes you try harder, but like, you're just internally like fighting it the entire time because you want to do more stuff. It's really tough. Yeah. Um, Nick LaRusso, element grabbers, how do they compare compound-wise to ProLine tires? I know they're completely different tires. Have you sauced a set yet? If so, what do you think of them after saucing? Um, I've only driven on the grabbers on the Sendero when I first got it, and I think I drove Brett and Brenda's once or twice with the grabbers. And I, I think they're really good, at least on the rock that we have up here. I mean, it's going to be different everywhere you go. Um I can't imagine they'd really excel in mud, but then again, who knows? I mean, might be surprised. They may clean out really well with some wheel speed and stuff. So kind of hard to say, but I, I like as far as the compound goes, when you're like just kind of holding them and handling them, it feels really similar to G8, you know, ProLine's compound. Um, I've sauced the ProLine crawler tires and they're rad. Um, 
I did that to a set of KM3s. Uh, last time I went out, I used our tire wash that we sell on it for drag racing. I used it on my crawler tires, and it was, and I did it in the rain, and it was freaking awesome. So um, totally not opposed to it. I think it's kind of cool to try out. Um, I definitely wouldn't mind saucing stuff to break them in faster. That That's kind of like one of the hardest things is like just driving something enough to where you finally get the tires broken in so that they work really good. Like the moon buggy worked great and it has a fresh set of uh, G8 uh, BFG KXs on it, the crawlers. Um, but it's like, man, I just, I wish they were worn out now so that they would work even better. Cause like so many tires like Proline Swamp or the KM3, the KXs, all of those work really good once they're broken in like the Hyrax too, like the Hyrax, as soon as those lugs start to round off, they're awesome. So, um, it's just tough having a lot of different rigs. Not a lot of time gets spent on one in particular, so the tires don't break in as fast. I'm kind of kicking around the idea of sanding them the way that we do with race car tires to break them in, especially like on clay. Um, you know, we'll put them on a drill and buzz them on some sandpaper. You know, chuck them up in a drill with a stub axle and then run it on a sanding block to break them in. I may actually have to resort to that just because I don't. You know, it could take a year from to break in on their own, but uh. No, the grabbers, I mean, I don't know. They're inexpensive. You could probably pick up a set that are, you know, have been a takeoff because that seems to be one of the very first things people get rid of is the stock tires, and there is a lot of stock tires out there that work good. So I don't know. I mean, play with it and see. Um, who knows? might surprise you. I, I would imagine the grabbers would work really good in the summertime up here on the rock that we have because – the, B, the Proline BFG all-terrains are just badass up here in the summertime when it's like 80 degrees out with all those little sites and stuff. The way that our the rock here, this volcanic rock that we have, it, it just it bites on it awesome in hot weather. So I would imagine the grabbers would be, do really well on high-traction rock when it's warm out. Probably be a good choice. And they look really cool too. I mean, it's just, I don't know, sometimes you get tired of seeing the same thing everywhere. So I say go for it, Nick. Try them out. I guess you probably don't have much to contribute to that, Adam, huh? since you haven't tried the grabbers. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't. That's what I was going to say. I didn't, I didn't tell you. Well, I didn't want to leave you out. Um, Alex Sims, favorite RC YouTube channels. And Jay, are there any free ro free mods you recommend this week? Um, I don't really have a favorite RC YouTube channel. I don't really watch RC stuff a whole lot. I mean... Like, even RC racing once in a while, like, I, I think I've watched the mains at Worlds when they happen, and that's really about it. Like, I don't know. I just, it's weird. Like, I don't even watch, like, much Moto stuff or anything anymore either. Like, my YouTube stuff is either music or, like, Overland Expeditions, my favorite, like, normal YouTube channel. But as far as RC stuff, I, I don't really pay attention to any of them, honestly. Uh, you know, my apologies to anybody who's listening that has a YouTube channel with stuff they do. I just don't really, I don't know. You know, you got to think about like what my life is. Like it's like RC stuff from the moment I wake up to the moment I get to bed. So need a break sometimes. Yeah. Um, for me, there's, there's quite a bit that I watch. Um, as far as like the big names, I would definitely say like Hemi Storm and 
um, Scale Builders Guild, both of them have pretty good channels. Um, Hemistorm's really cool because I like his style of how he does his reviews slash his videos because there's really no what's the word like there, it, he's just very like calls it how he sees it you know yeah, yeah and he says it on his channel too he goes there's no bullshit he just tells you how it is and yeah. which i like i really do like that that gives you like an honest real world review um and then like matt over at skill builders guild his channel's crazy because he his level of detail is nuts so yeah. like he has certain videos where he's showing you like how he weathers this or adds a wash to that and you're just like whoa it just blows you away like the stuff you can achieve with really little to no experience so both those channels really good in their in their own ways um as far as some of the smaller guys um I know there's like a scale trail performance. We've had him, um, Alan DeHollis said he's, um, or AKA Ridgeline. We've had him on the show almost a year ago. Um, a veteran that's doing this, um, great channel. Um, operation 11, uh, RC. Um, he's, you know, another, another veteran that's doing, you know, awesome things in the community. And on his channel, it's a lot more, um, like on Mondays, they do a hangout and, uh, it'll be him, him, um, and a bunch of other guys. Like I think Scooter Scott's on there. Um, there's a couple other guys I know that listen to us that are on there and they basically just talk and, uh, he's doing big things. He's, uh, uh, I actually just talked to him on the phone the other night. He's almost, um, a, what is it? The, the nonprofit title. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know what the actual number is and I know it's horrible. Yeah, but it's escaping me too. It's like a, Oh God. Yeah. I know what you mean though. So, um, yeah, but he's almost got, uh, that. So I'm actually just trying to look it up real quick. So I don't look at it totally. <laughs> It's not a C corp. It it's something. It's an article something or God. It's killing me because it's something I've talked to with Brett and Brenda before because that was a route that they were trying to go because all the, five hundred one C STEM programs. There you go. Thank you. See, thank God we have. Hey, thank you, Ghost of Travis. <laughs> Ghost of Travis's past. <laughs> Oh, that would be so great for a bit for the Christmas episode. We could have the Christmas ghost of podcasters past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Funny. Um, free mods I recommend this week. Brass. <laughs> yeah, everything. Um, brass bumper mounts. No, those aren't free. Uh, brass is expensive, actually. Um, free mods. I don't know. All the free stuff that I came up with for the one thing that I'm doing that is like easy and relatively inexpensive is like I got lucky because I had just shit laying around that I used for it. So it's really hard. Um, free mods. There's so many. Like I've seen people take like cool up containers and make wheel wells out of them. I mean, there's just so much stuff that I've seen people do. Um, They've used, like, plastic Tupperware containers, too. Ty did that, um, I believe, on his, uh, what was it? His JK that everybody sees, that group build that he did. 
um, with the Tekken wrap on it, that one. Um, he used those, so that works really good. Um, I've seen Rally and Drift Car guys take black spray paint caps and cut them up and use those for wheel wells. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do for wheel wells. Um, off the top of my head, though, I don't really have any other free mods that I can that I know of. Of course, my brain's pretty shot. We've been going pretty hard this week, so not functioning at full mental capacity right now. Um, so did you drink your monster tonight? Well, I just finished it. I made the mistake of starting the show with, like, probably a third of one, and that was dumb. So, yeah, I'm out of caffeine, so I need to refill. Um, I don't know. What free mods do you have that you could recommend? Uh, that was could, the only one I could think of, really. I mean, that everybody has in their house. Um, well, it's funny when you say free mod because technically they're not really free because, like you like you said, like if you're using the Tupperware, well, you had to purchase that at some point. Um, yeah. So yeah. really, I don't really know of any true term oh, free mod. Yeah. Um, moving your sh lower shock mount down to the link mount on just about any of the current axles now works good to yep. lower your ride height. That's a good one, I guess. That doesn't uh -huh. cost anything. Nope, that doesn't just, cost anything. If you don't have an RC car, you'll have to go out and buy one in order to do this RC car mod. But aside from that, it's free. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, depends on uh, what free mod you're talking about for like what vehicle. I do know that um, if you have like any of the SCX-10-2 ready-to-runs, if you swap the front shocks to the rear and the rear shocks to the front and you lay – and you move the rear shocks a little more like laid down towards the front, you might have to even swap the rear shock hoops around because I did that on my deadbolt. Um and I also did it on the honcho, totally changes the way that rig performs. Oh, because they put the stiffer ones in the front, huh? Like they have like yellows or something and whites, yes. and you put like the yeah. white up front and yellow in mm -hmm. the back or something. I forgot. It's been years since I've done that to a SCX-10 too. That was the last rig I did it on, which yep. would have been my Curry one from 100 years ago. Yep. So it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a, that's a, you know, free mod. That makes a huge difference. That's a really good one, actually. So, um, like I said, it really depends on what they want to know for. If you're going for general overall crawlers, um, I'm trying to think. Lower um, them if you can. Just find a way to lower them. That's probably the best performance gain that you could do. Yep. Yeah. You always want low. Um, that's why I'm already thinking of things I want to do to the um, to the AX10 just to keep it a little more planted because if you think about it, and I and ironically, that was supposed to be like the pioneer of crawling. You know, it's like the first rock crawler, you know, kind of thing, um, which kind of paved the way for everything we do now. And they do like the complete opposite of like what all of our, um, you know. The way we build things now, like that battery is at the highest point of that rig. And, you know, in, with a, in a rig like that that's designed to flex out and, you know, all that, it uh, – you go too far and it just wants to tip over. So um, I was thinking of um, – because I have some. I was thinking about using the brass tubes for the axle um, and throw those in there. 
just to give it a little weight. But um, yeah, yeah, just anything to keep it down low. That's gonna be, um, you know, a good freebie. Uh, if another freebie that I don't know if anyone knows about this, um, if you have a wraith or you're running AR60s, uh, flip the shock slash link mounts unbolt them flip them upside down reattach everything that'll lower the ride height about a quarter of an inch oh that's a good idea so but like i said i don't know if anybody runs any of that stuff anymore those were all mods we used to do when you know you're trying every little thing in your power to get a better working rig yeah especially with ar60s you just don't see those on stuff a whole lot anymore not compared to like we used to exactly um What's the best non-RC product you would recommend to get for your RC crawler? Like example, I use skateboard bearing lube to keep bearings clean or go to a Hobby Lobby for scale parts. And that's from Dylan Hunter. Um, Gosh, non-RC product I use for my crawler. I don't know. I like keeping stuff clean. So like my probably favorite... (laughs) product that i use on rc stuff is that bright bright yellow mr clean antibacterial cleaner um use it on race cars use it on crawlers it's probably one of the best cleaners that i've found and it's biodegradable and won't mess you up or anything so i i really like that stuff um i don't know like i use there's some like power sports industry stuff that i'll use like um I used to use Maxima Contact Cleaner on everything, and I, I still do. I really like this stuff. But I have um, some Maxima Suspension Clean, and I thought it would be a little bit more gentle on plastic parts because I've seen Contact Cleaner react kind of crazy with plastic before. And so uh, that suspension part stuff, the suspension clean, it is – like in motorcycle and TV shocks and forks and stuff, they have a lot of like Teflon and rubber surfaces and stuff. And so you need something that's gentle on things like that, that isn't going to, you know, crack your seals on your bearings and stuff like that. If you have shielded bearings. So, I mean, it's something to think about too, is just power sports industries type stuff like that works really good. I don't know. What about you? What's your favorite non RC product? Well, since um, I'm a CowRC driver, I've actually like stopped using non-RC stuff a while ago. But um, when I was using um, non-RC-related uh, Simple Green for cleaning, uh, that was always my go-to. I would always spray it all down with Simple Green, let it sit for like a minute or two. Don't let the Simple Green dry on there, but just let it sit for a minute or two. And then I would lightly wa- like just, you know um, – rinse it off and then if it was still bad and you still saw a lot of caked in mud spray a little bit more sometimes use a small toothbrush um you know scrub away at some of the stuff and then same thing you know basically just keep going till you don't see any dirt then i would take my air compressor um and just blow off the car and boom ready to go like you said biodegradable it's not going to hurt anything um, just, I don't like letting it dry directly on the car. I like to rinse it off. Um, also the simple green on most of the rubber will rejuvenate it and it'll kind of make it like stickier again. So, um, yeah. 
I used to use that stuff all the time, but the smell just turns my stomach. And so that's why I oh. jump ship to the Mr. Clean just because of, you know, it, it, it's basically their version of what Simple Green is and it's citrus scent. So it's a little easier for me to manage, but I don't know what it is about Simple Green, dude, but just the smell makes me want to throw up so bad. Hmm. I actually enjoy the smell. Really? Oh, wow. That's funny. You, you probably just you just like it for his bald head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's see. Eric Warren. Let me expand this one. Okay. What's the easiest way to relay comments from the last show? I usually listen on Fridays, but sometimes it's Saturday or Sunday. As I listen, I have so many questions and answers to what you're all talking about, but when the following Wednesday rolls around, I forget what questions I have. Um. You, you honestly, you could just feel like this, really, right? I mean, just well, kind of yeah, how we did. But if he, but it, but if you have an answer, a comment, or anything, feel free to shoot us a message on Facebook anytime. We get the messages all the yeah, time, or so, or post it on our page. Even I mean, we don't care. I mean, like listeners can post whatever they want on there too. You know, I mean, we we actually like it if you guys did more stuff like that and just shared more things with us. Because I mean, we've talked about like having people on that have really cool builds and talking about the builds. Like there's a ton of stuff that we want to do, but um, a lot of it just requires, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. A lot of it just requires a little more like participation from listeners to be able to do it. But yeah, I mean, post up your questions and answers anytime. That's fine. Uh, Nick LaRusso, when will TSRCS black multicam hats be available again? I need a place to put my sunglasses. <laughs> but I love the fact that he's <laughs> referencing my hatred of sunglasses on hats. That's pretty funny. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't checked really. Like hat sales really kind of slowed down. Like they don't really sell unless I push them. And like there's so many other things I have to post that – you know, like it just, I kind of forgot about it. So I will check because I want to get some more black hats in because there's another kind of hat design I want to do, mostly just for myself. And if somebody else wants to buy it, cool. But uh, we'll get some more of those in. I'll place an order here shortly and we'll get some more hats because that black multicam was pretty rad. And then he's got another question. We got four replies. So. Do you guys think there'll be any crawling events for 2021? I got to say, yeah, but it's still not going to be back to normal. That That's my guess. So when I, I agree with you, I say, yeah, it's not going to be back to normal. And that's probably going to be frustrating because you got to remember that, like, for instance, you know, like when we went to crawling out of COVID, that was the closest to a quote-unquote normal event that we've been to, but it's not a big corporation event like Axial Fest, Proline by the Fire, you know, stuff like that. So your bigger name non-corporate events will probably still happen. They're just going to be, like I said, they're just the rules are going to change a little bit. The ones that will be interesting would be like your Axial Fest, your Proline by the Fire, because – they have to play by a different set of rules because they are a big company. Yeah, they're they, big there's names. a lot of liability involved. Exactly, like that, so. exactly. Which is the, which is the exact reason why they pulled out last year from 
you know, doing anything because they didn't want to get hit with any kind of liability, lawsuits, whatever. They exactly, just, you know, and people don't hesitate to do that stuff either. So, I mean, as frustrating as it is for people and they, you know, have these plans and they try and plan their vacation time and stuff around it, like, trust me, like, it's not their fault they are trying to protect themselves and it's not just themselves you know when you think about these companies it's a lot of people they employ and if something happens and you know they get hit with a big lawsuit and they end up having to close the doors or something there's a lot of people that are going jobless so i mean there's way more to consider than just you know you being mad that you didn't get to go drive your truck so, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff to keep in mind. So kind of go easy on people because this is, you know, kind of an unprecedented time for us. Um, Eric Warren had commented, the ultimate scale truck expo in Florida is still scheduled. That, yeah, I'd like to go to that someday. I, I keep seeing the ads and stuff for it on Facebook. That's something I'd like to check out eventually. And then next comment, he says, Motorama in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania has been canceled for 2021. I'm not surprised because that's a huge event. Um, then the rest is just conversation between Nick and Eric. So, um, Keenan White, I went on my first trail event and I'm hooked. And Chris commented, scale is the glory. <laughs> um, yes, I, I really would like to hear how that went, Keenan. totally. Um, I'm sorry I wasn't able to get stuff done for you in time for it. It's just holiday shopping time, man. It's crazy around here, and I'm really sorry I wasn't able to do that for you, but will at some point. Um, Paul Shulman, do you think the Keeper Cage has potential as a U4rig, rock racer, hill killer? Uh, it's styled after an ultra four truck, not really like a hill climbing rig or anything like that. I mean, it does good cause it has a long wheelbase. It's a great do it all rig. I think it would make for some really fun and realistic, interesting U4 racing. Um, I can't see it working good as a rock bouncer or anything like that though. Cause that's primarily dominated by 2.2 trucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I've seen people want to put the cage on other rigs now and a bunch of other things. So, I mean, that that's cool. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of potential there for that car. Um, probably not for everything that people say, because, you know, when, when it comes down to it, it's still a C, a C channel, you know, rail style chassis that is just like all the other scalers. It just has some parts on it that make it a little more go fast and a little more realistic. So, um, yeah, no, it'll be a good do it all rig. I think there's just some things that probably wouldn't be ideal, you know, like rock bouncing. Yeah. Um, does intern have to dress up in full elf gear to invited to the Christmas special Skype? Uh, that would be, yes, great. that would be great. I that is it. the, that is the only way if you don't <laughs> not happening. <laughs> yeah, I that would make my day. I would like that. Um so yeah, it looks like that's about it as far as our questions and stuff go. Um let's see. We got through those a lot quicker than I thought we would. Yeah. We should have Chris on the show. Chris from Hemistorm. Yeah, that'd be fun. Who would? 
And he Sorry. speaks English really well, actually, so it's not like it would be hard to understand him or anything, so that would be cool. You know, the, you know what the hardest part about that one is? Timing. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah, because I was talking to him this morning, and he's like, all right, I'm heading to bed, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I've wanted to have James Knight on, but he's in freaking Australia, so it's like, how do you coordinate that, you know? It's just tough, especially if, you know, people have jobs and stuff and they can't just do stuff whenever it's so Oof. hard to schedule things like that. Yeah, either we're going to have to do a really late episode or we're going to have to do a, like, middle-of-the-day episode. Oh, no kidding, huh? They're nine hours ahead. Wow. Because it's 6.22 a.m. right now, and it's 9.22 our time. Yeah, like, realistic, I don't know, I mean... You're in bed by like what eleven usually though? Well, yeah, but I mean, like I said, I can I can change some things around, and you know, if we want to do one, it's no big deal. Or so like talking to him. At like ten p.m., we'd be okay, I bet. Or the other thing too, we could talk to him. We can always record it on a Saturday and just. Oh, that's you know. true. We're not. We don't need to do it on Wednesdays necessarily. So. Yeah, good. But idea. I'm just saying, we can get we can give him the option. I mean, I'd like I said, I'd love to do James Knight also, which actually James Knight we could actually honestly do because. Right now in Melbourne, it's only 4.23. I wonder if they're still in lockdown and stuff. I wonder if he's working from home. I have no idea. People think the United States is strict. The stuff I've seen for Australia is way gnarlier than what we have. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're worried about stuff, you know, like, it impacting your life, I guarantee the people in Australia are worse off right now. Oh, yeah. What, uh, Eric, is questions about relaying comments and stuff from the last show i'm trying to think of like a really good way of doing that and like and something where all of us would see it and everybody else i almost feel like the best way is to just like randomly post whatever you know question or comment or whatever you have just make a post on our wall like i i don't know like this is a good system when we make the post about the show and people put their questions and comments below but for when it's regarding the previous show i think the best way probably would be to just post it on our wall and that way everybody's guaranteed to see it even the listeners you know because a lot of the questions that people have other people would appreciate you know being included in on the conversation and stuff. So why don't we just, I'll make a post about it tomorrow and just say, you know, Hey, if you guys have questions or comments about our previous show, just post it on our wall and then we can have a conversation about it there. But do you think that were good for you? You think that that's all right? Yeah. Cool. Well, good. I need to, Oh, funny story. The moon buggy build. I guess we can talk about this for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So that thing, I guess I need to give a little bit of a backstory. Um, built it, posted it. I kind of did some like teaser pics of what I was working on and stuff, you know, but like those aren't really good until you like see the finished result, you know. So I had posted a, up some pictures of it when it was done. And it really, like, went over way better than I thought. Like, it got a lot of attention, and I was really surprised by that because I figured it was just very much a special, like, niche type thing. And there was several dudes now that are, like, building one. And the whole, like, 
and I've said this before, but I'll, I'll say it again. Like everything that I do, I try and build something to where it's practical, but yet still scale. So it's like, I rarely ever build like a full on like cheater car or something, let's say with like a flat, flat rail chassis, because really, I mean, it's all it is, is a glorified twin vertical plate comp crawler chassis by the time you're done with it it's really no different so i don't really like that because it's not realistic or scale looking to me you know and so i try and find this balance of looking really realistic and performing good still you know like it's you want to find this middle ground i'm I do. I shouldn't say you do, but like I do because that's the way I prefer to build things. It's like I want them to drive good, but I also want them to look as real as I can possibly get them without it being so delicate and having so many little things and stuff to where you can't drive it because you're going to break it or hurt it. So with the moon buggy, I so like moon buggy shocks on the real ones are just like air shocks. And so they don't have coils. They're a really small skinny diameter um the outside of the tube is just smooth you know they're very very basic looking things and rc shocks for the most part don't necessarily look super realistic either because of their size or whatever like i think axial got pretty close with the scale looks department as far as like having the fake reservoir on the shocks and stuff like that i think that's cool but i guess all the current generation stuff ditched that style um and with the moon buggy i, I was i didn't really want to throw a set of just normal normal coil spring shocks on it because it would take away from the look that I was going for. And so I found some 120 millimeter shocks on Amazon that are an internal spring and not the ideal situation. Like I would much rather have a different kind of shock on there, but they have the diameter and everything that I, you know, that is kind of proportionate and is keeping the rig scale looking. And you know, I, I realize they're not ideal, but it's like when you're doing this stuff, there's kind of a little bit of give and take. And it sucks that something as vital as suspension has to have so, some sort of compromise be made with it, you know? And so mm-hmm. first time I drove it, I had springs inside. I did like what you were talking about and tried some different types of springs in them. And it just still was too stiff and the thing that i'm running into is is that those moon buggies and stuff when they drive they're almost completely bottomed out you know there's very little preload on them um you know to like set a determined ride height like they're almost all the way through the stroke of their travel when you look at them there's usually just a couple inches showing a shock shaft at the bottom and that's it so i wanted the moon buggy to be that way you know i didn't want to have you know, regular coil over shocks on it and stuff because it's not going to look real. Yeah, it would probably work better, but something to consider is the chassis on that thing doesn't weigh anything. You know, like there's just nothing there. There's like the transmission and the electronics and that little plastic cage and that's it. So it doesn't have enough weight to compress coil over shocks to the point of where it would have a regular ride height you know like the it just doesn't weigh enough you know the the chassis of it doesn't weigh mm-hmm. enough and so that wasn't an option so what i ended up doing is i bought two sets of these shocks because i think they're only like 25 or 20 bucks on amazon and 
it was just a stroke of luck that they happened to be good. I had taken the second set apart, put 42 and a half weight oil in them, no springs at all. And you can build shocks with a little bit of preload built into them by, you know, having a little bit of air inside mm -hmm. there still. And it's almost impossible to purge all the air out of a shock because a lot of these shocks, especially even with like race cars and stuff, they're an emulsion style shock, which means they're mixing air and the oil together, you know? And so um, some cars use a bladder, so you don't have any kind of air whatsoever introduced into the system and it's just all oil. But the majority of stuff nowadays, even like with our race buggies and stuff has gone to an emulsion style shock with no bladder. And so that's the way that I built these. I built them to where they had a little bit of a preload to them, you know, so you could see a little bit of the shaft and everything just like on a, a real one. And, um, I had taken them apart and I had assembled them with, um, team associated green slime it's part of their factory team line and it's a dressing that you put on your o-rings to help keep them from leaking because if you put a shock together with dry o-rings i mean at the very least when you're building shocks you at least want to make sure that the o-rings are you know covered in oil and wet because the friction of them being dry the fact that they are a seal they're going to be going against a dry shaft and they're going to wear out quicker and you're going to have leaky shocks faster. So I use the green slime o-ring dressing, and that stuff is just awesome. We use it on everything. And then I took the caps, both at the top and then the cap that holds the seal cartridge assembly inside. I took those and very carefully cut strips of Teflon tape and put Teflon tape around the threads and then assembled them all back together and everything. And oddly enough, they haven't leaked a single drop. $25 Amazon shocks and they don't leak. And that was kind of an amazing thing. So super happy about that. Um, was really, really surprised. I haven't had a chance to drive it yet, but I really, when I posted it to the element page, there was a couple guys being dickheads and like one dude was so upset about the shocks that were on it. Like he was legit mad about my choice that I made for the shocks. And it's like, dude, what do you care? Like, why do you even care right now? You know, you're not driving it. It's not in your hands. You can't see it. You don't know how it's going to work. Like, I've got a plan. Like, it's up to me if I'm going to compromise in a certain area to try and maintain, you know, some scale realism because it's, it's my goddamn rig that I'm building. It's not yours, you know? So this guy's like freaking out and stuff. And then a couple other guys hop on there and it was just ridiculous. But, um, I want to post that the shocks work because there was a lot of people that are like waiting to hear how they worked out. And I wanted to also, before I just started telling people to buy them, cause that's what I put on mine if they're wanting to build one of these things. So, um, I will try them out, but they do hold oil if you build them properly. So I thought that was pretty rad. So that'll be something that I need to uh, make a post about here shortly, but I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. I've always heard good things about the slime that like typically can make a, you know, really poor shock perform better than, you know, uh, it would otherwise. So um, I think that is a, uh, a good note in, in 
when you buy pre-assembled shocks like the the bronze factory team ones or when you buy like proline shocks for example that are already assembled um first thing to do is take apart and lube the o-rings don't sit there and start squishing them a bunch before you've put oil in them or anything like that like you know take them apart use green slime put them back together and they're actually going to be good and it's funny the green slime used to come in a little like toothpaste style tube that was like two inches long and they recently switched to like one of those little tubs like do you remember like way back in the day like the vanquish grease that you could buy Mm -hmm. it was in that little flat pop-up lid top it's in a thing like that and the new stuff that i just recently bought to replace what i ran out of is way thicker now like it's almost like a completely different grease than what was offered by them before and i think that's part of the reason why these are working so well is because that grease was a lot thicker the old stuff was a little bit runny not bad you know like it was still you know but like this stuff is a lot thicker it's more like waterproof marine grease or something as far as consistency goes um yeah really good i mean i was super super impressed so i'm kind of excited that you know now i can rebuild some shocks that i was a little bit frustrated with before that are going to be most likely fine with that stuff so i don't know if you don't have any of it get some it's not terribly expensive and it will end a lot of frustrations that you have with leaky shocks and stuff you know i don't know how it would do with like the rc four-wheel drive king ones because those are pretty much guaranteed to leak maybe if you do like what i did with like the teflon tape and stuff and the green slime maybe you could get them to hold oil i'm not really sure um but yeah so i don't know somebody needs experiment with that though because there's so many people that like those king shocks that would like to have them but they just don't work great yeah yeah i you know what's funny is there's a lot of people that always say they want to put king shocks on their you know on their rigs and it's like you know yeah they're super scale but they're not the best performing shocks and i think like what's really like what really sucks about some of this stuff is like there's some shocks that perform really well but they're not necessarily the most scale so it's like you're like stuck in the middle now like somebody really needs to like okay like for instance okay incision vanquish whatever you want to call them they make some pretty decent shocks that work pretty well um but you know with them having licenses for curry omf um method you know all these companies you think they would get with like fox or something you know yeah um and be like look we want to make a scale shock you know it's going to work really well. We want your licensing so we can, we can etch your name on the side of it. And they come out with something that's like super scale. Yeah, that would be cool. Because you know it's some a product that's going to work. And I'm not saying it has to be Vanquish. I'm just saying like I would like to see somebody come out, you know, work with a shock manufacturer. Because what I think a lot of people – or what a lot of these bigger companies, I don't. what I think they don't realize is I don't think they realize – how insane the scale world is and how much people geek out and will spend to get licensed products so it can look yeah. like the stuff they have on their real trucks because like 
for instance, um, there's a there's a shop up in Auburn called WFO Concepts. They do one to one, you know, off roading. That's all that they do. They build Jeeps, Toyotas, full size trucks, buggies. I mean, everything. They build everything. So they um, one of the guys there. He knows about RC cars and stuff. Like he knows about the RC crawlers because a couple of the guys in the shop have them. But I don't think he knew how insane some of these details are because he posted up on his Instagram the other day and he's like one of the main like fabricator guys, like lead fabricator there. And he goes in his post was a picture of the vanquished um, Curry axles for the SCX 10 too. And he goes as if I needed to get into another hobby, but <laughs> to say can you believe the scale realism on these axles? Insane. And that's coming from somebody who like builds real rigs and they're right. blown away by a little part. And it's just like, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't think people, I think that's the reaction that these companies get. Cause like, you know, when they get approached by somebody like, you know, vanquish RC four wheel drive and say, yeah, we want to make a scale replica of your part. They're probably like, okay. Yeah. Like, like, well, what's that going to do for me? That ain't going to, that ain't going to, you know, sell anything. And then, I, and then the companies that actually see their cutback, you know, or they, you know, when they pay them for the licensing and stuff, they're kind of probably, and they see how much this stuff's all over the place. They're probably like, whoa, this is nuts. Well, and a lot of, I mean, ScalerC is weird because there is a lot of brand, um, what am I trying to say? Brand loyalty involved. And a lot of guys that are into scale RC, when they do save up or are building a real wheeler or something, they tend to buy the exact same thing they put on their RC car because what they put on their RC car, they wish they had on their one-to-one. So when these people do you know, decide to purchase something for the real car or whatever, a lot of times they do stick to the same licensed brands that they have on their RC because it's like, you know, it's cool. It matches my real one, you know? And so there's some value in that too, for these larger companies when it comes to having licensed stuff. Yeah, no. And I totally agree. I mean, like, it's funny, like when I watch, you know, a couple of these or see a couple of these posts and, um, these people are like, you know, like they'll be like, yeah, you know, this is my, you know, whatever rig. And I try my best to copy what I really have. And you see what they really have. And you're like, Oh, look, they put methods on their real rig. You know, they, they yep. put these tires on there. So they're trying to get the scale tires to match. I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. Well, I bought, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Like I bought, um, they were off of the little ECX 24th scale that used to be offered. I bought a set of Falcon Wild Peak MTs for my Enduro 24, and those are the tires that I have on my real truck. I don't, I don't know why I did it, you know, but it's like I like that tread pattern and stuff. So, I mean, like that right there is just a perfect example of how hobbyists like us, like how our minds work, you know, and I, I even do it too, you know. Like I have Fox shocks on my regular truck, and, you know, I – put Fox decals on the shocks on my moon buggy. Cause like the Jesse Haynes ones and the laser nut one has, you know, those have Fox shocks. And so I, you know, it's like, it's almost like this like contagious thing. Like once you do it once, like it just spreads. So next thing you know, you're buying replicas of everything that's on your truck. And like, I don't know, like I had a lot of fun doing the Magnaflow 
exhaust on the trail runners because my real truck has MagnaFlow exhaust. And so it's like, I can't tell you why I want to have that consistency between my RC cars and my real one, but I do. I don't know why, but it's just for whatever reason I'm hung, you know, you get hung up on that one particular brand and it's, I don't know, it's, it's really strange because it's not, it doesn't happen really anywhere else in RC, you know, I, this is kind of the only thing. I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, it, it's like scale nerdiness is how I look oh, at yeah, it. Oh yeah, totally, totally. But, I, but I'm the same way because it's kind of funny because like I've actually, I have, I've actually thought that way based on my truck because I'm like, well, look, you know, if I want to do a scale replica of my, let's say my 94, okay, well I'm running, you know, some they're generic black steel wheels, which, you know, RC four wheel drive makes some that look just like it. And then there's, um, whatchamacallit, uh, and then there's my tires, which are Cooper ST, STTs, which the, the style of the mud train is very common. It looks just like the old Wrangler, um, MTRs. It looks like, uh, the Nitto trail grapplers. Like it's that same iconic style that outer shoulders with the insides kind of got like a weird little like S logo to it kind of looking thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the problem is, do you know anybody that makes scale Cooper STT tires? No. So it's, it's like, I'm starting to think like, okay, when these tires get worn out, which I don't see them happening anytime soon, they'll probably rot out before they wear out just because they're 37s. And I probably put maybe, 3,000 miles on that truck a year now, oh, wow. if that. Um, and so I'm just like going, okay, what tires do I get next? Do I get something that I can get in the scale world just so that way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't so, know why. Like, I love the tread pattern of Falcon Wild Peaks. Like, I think that they look rad. Like, I I had bought a set before I was a ProLine driver. Like, I had bought a set for my very first SCX-10 that I had just because – I thought it was a sick looking tread pattern. And I remember at the time I had pro comps on my F-150 and I actually had found like a, like Chinese knockoff tire that was exactly like it had the same, like super distinguished, like sidewall blocks on it <coughs> as what the pro comps had. Like it was a spit and image of it. They weren't licensed or anything, but somebody had like gone to the trouble of, you know, making it. I haven't seen them in years now. They're probably, you know, I don't, I couldn't even tell you who made them. It was like an eBay item, but no, like I thought those were kind of cool. And I'd even considered those for a little bit just because of the looks, but I don't know. I don't know why we geek out on little stuff like this, but we do. And it's, it works, <laughs> you know, like you can definitely like argue this point to one-to-one -one companies and stuff, you know, when it comes to licensing and everything, because, you know, it, it really is huge. They just don't quite grasp it yet. So it takes, you know, like some pictures or some Instagram posts or something for people to see and like, Oh, okay. I get it now, you know? Yeah. Cause you try and explain it to somebody that doesn't know what we're talking about and they think that you're freaking crazy. You know, they, they, they're thinking like, Walmart, New Bright, RC car or something, you know, they don't, nobody realizes that there's like adult RC cars that people spend like thousands of dollars on. Exactly. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. It is really strange how our minds work with stuff like that. Like I, I would, if I had the time, 
I would absolutely try and make a replica of my real truck. But especially now that there's IFS available, I would I would do that if I could find a body or something. Who knows? Maybe someday I'll do a 3D printed body or something like that and actually build what my normal truck is. But for the time being, no. Yeah, I mean, I I that's definitely in my you know plans to make a replica. I just gotta, you know, I one I gotta wait, and two, the hardest one is I I'd like to do my current truck is like kind of like a tow you know like a tow pig, um, mm-hmm. you know, put the IFS kit on it, keep it super low, and just like make it you know practical. Then build my replica of my ninety four because that's more my wheeler, and then I could actually, you know go full nerd and drive it around and then back the wheeler off the trailer and hit the trails. Which it's so but, nerdy, but like at the same time I'm sitting here going, dude, that's so cool. You know? Cause like I, I even did that. Like I did a video of the gatekeeper when it first came out and I had a trailer behind the forerunner and like drove it on and off the trailer for the video and stuff. And I was like, the whole time I'm doing it, I'm at a park that's down the street from us, and I'm just praying that nobody is, like, watching me or sees what I'm doing because probably look like a crazy person, you know, grown man by himself in a park parking lot playing with toy trucks. Yep. But it's really damn fun. All of it is, so I don't know. I say nerd out as hard as you want to. Oh, I agree. I think more importantly, let other people nerd out too, you know, like, especially like right now with like as tense as everything is and all this like civil unrest that we have, just let people enjoy the shit that they like, you know, like don't give them a hard time about what they bought. Don't give them a hard time about their choice of wheels or what they built or anything like that. Like, you know, we live in a pretty shitty world right now. And if little things like this can bring joy to somebody, you know, don't be the dickhead to take that away from somebody because that's super messed up. Yeah. People need stuff like this, you know? It's like it's the people that don't have stuff in their lives that are doing the big freakouts right now and being assholes to everybody, you know? It's like have, you know, you got to have a release. You got to have something, you know? Yeah. Very true. And that's, you know, and that's what I think a lot of us come to, um, you know, the RCing for. That's like, you know, early to get out of it. And I mean, and yeah, there's some people like, I mean, I'll flat out, you know, tell you some true real life stories. Um, so we have a buddy who um, he's into the real trucks. He's not like he always makes fun of us when we talk about the RC trucks because like I'll say like, you know, like he, he sees them and he's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, I like the end result's cool. Like you did a good job, but he's like, I'd rather spend that money on my real truck than the toy truck, which is like, yeah, but you know, that's to each his own. Like I get that's what you would like to do, but this is what I choose to do because it's my release to get away from some of this other stuff. And when I have an idea, I can almost like kind of like, by curiously live living in the RC world because I know I can't you know if I, like realistically I'd love to have my fleet of RC cars as my real cars I'd love to have a JL a JK um, a Blazer that's a total crawler um, an old tow truck that's turned into a wheeler um, what else you know what else do I have uh, 
you know, the the bomber, you know, so you'd have your total desert rig. Uh, you know, I'd love to have all that stuff as a real truck, but you you better win the lottery at that point. Well, I mean, yeah, you know. exactly. It's like, and it's the same here. It's like, you know, I wanted a scout, so I built a scout. I think scouts are rad. I wish I could have one in real life. There's no way that that will probably happen. So, you know, build an RC one. Exactly. Don't give people hell about it, though. Like that, I don't know. That just, that takes a special type of asshole to do something like that to people. And everybody jokes around. I get it. You know, they joke around, but, you know, behind closed doors and, you know, between friends and stuff like that. But like to deliberately, like, make a physical effort to type something to be a dick to somebody is super, super screwed up. Well, that has something else to do with exactly what, you know, I say is going on, period. I actually had this talk with Todd Norton earlier today. It was pretty funny. We were talking about how easy it is for people to just, um, to just, you know, kind of like talk crap and how easy it is to just talk crap online. I mean, the internet, you know, as much as it's a useful tool, it's also a, you know, horrible tool. I mean, it's it's created people don't have, um, they don't have like, you know, people skills anymore. They don't know how to hold a conversation with someone. They don't know um, manners because they don't have to like, you know, really like everything now is like, you know, over the phone. So you don't have to, or the screen. So you don't have to like physically be in front of somebody. So you can, if you want to be like, kind of like snarky, you can be snarky because you you don't have to worry about, Oh, is this person going to deck me in the face for, you know, saying something it's totally, Oh, I can just do this, which that's kind of what has happened with social media is it's like, yeah, there's people that want to give positive, you know, reinforcement and, or, you know, they want to interact in a positive manner. Then there's the other people that are just like, I don't like this. What an idiot. And they can just, you know, spurt off because like I said, the internet has taken that away from us. There's no need to have formal conversations or anything. That's what I don't get is like, what kind of a sorry ass person takes time out of their day to like tear apart somebody's rig that they posted that they're proud of? You know what I mean? It's like because they've always said it, and I do think it's kind of you know I do think that there is some truth behind it. Um, typically the people that are gonna be negative, they're insecure about something, and whether or not they're gonna admit it, whether or not they truly are, or oh, not, yeah, they'll you know, never admit it. Never. There's ever. there's always something. I mean, someone's gonna make fun of something for whatever reason maybe they're upset they're upset the fact that you took the courage to post something that they wish they could do but they can't uh you are saying something you know that you know they wish they had you know the guts to say but they can't or it's just simply the fact that there's something going on in their life that they're not you know happy with or comfortable with so it's like you know passive aggression they're going to take it out on somebody else and that just happens to be in the form of a negative comment it's just you know that's just the way it, you know, it seems that the world's going these days and it's just kind of like crazy. I do miss the days of where if you didn't act right, you would just get checked up by somebody. Yeah. People, people were nicer back then. Like that was back in the time when, you know, you would hold doors open for people and they would say thank you or, you know, you'd wave at somebody when you're driving down the road or whatever. And it's like, and all of that seems to have deteriorated. And honestly, like, 
this sounds messed up to say that you're a fan of physical violence, but honestly, like I do miss the days of where if somebody was mouthing off, you know, they'd get punched in the face, you know, and chances are they're not going to do it anymore. That's what happened in high school. Like if anybody got, you know, stepped out of line or something or a fight happened, they got their ass beat and then it was done. Then it was over. It wasn't, you know, carrying it on for six months because this person isn't in front of me. And so I'm going to be an asshole for the rest of my life. You know, it's in, I, I really, really miss, miss those times. Like, and it was even worse for like, or worse or better, depending on how you want to look at it for like my dad's generation. Um, when they had a problem like in high school and stuff, the wrestling coach would like put mats out in the gym and all right, you guys sort it out. Here you go. You know, they'd give them some boxing gloves and you'd go to town on each other. And that's the way they handled it back in like, you know, the fifties. Yeah, no. And I agree. And it also stems down to what I believe in. And this is just my own personal, you know, opinion. It's, you know, I grew up on the tail end of spankings and you know, you, you learned from those moments. Okay. You know, it's kind of like when they like saying like, you know, like the whole term trial by fire, you're going to learn that the fire is hot. It burns. Don't do that again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Unless, unless you, you know, you're a few screws, you know, loose, but I mean, like you're like typically it's the same thing with kids you know they got a spanking they learned oh i don't want my ass beat again so let's not do it same thing with like fights in school they get popped and they're like last time i did this i got my you know i got my ass beat i'm not going to do it again but like i said it's always it's always different like you know like some people are like they just don't care and then there's other people that are like you know it's Yeah, I mean, it's you think about like when you're training animals and stuff, like especially like the old school way of like training dogs and things like that. Like, you can like you learn through physical pain, like you just do. Like, you touch a hot stove and you know it's hot and it burned, and that's a reminder not to do it again, you know. And I think I can only remember spanking Trav one time, and he was really little like still crawling and i had a humidifier in my room and he kept going over to it while it was on and like putting his mouth over the switch like trying to suck on the on and off switch because it was like lit up or something you know and uh i was like don't do it you know so i'd like tell him no and pull him back and he'd go right for it again just over and over and i was just like oh god damn it i'm gonna have to slap him on the butt so i did and he cried but he never did it again you know and I, we do sound like grumpy old men, but the, the, there's some of that element missing in society that gets people to act right now. And it's really strange. I don't, you know, it's, it's weird because for people growing up, this is totally normal right now for them, but it is so just completely radically different from what I grew up with that, you know, I just, I don't know. I can't put myself in the place of these other people to where, you know, they hop on something and be like, that looks like shit. That's stupid. You don't know what you're doing. I'm an OG. I've been around, you know, it's just like, all right, cool, whatever, you know, just, I don't know. You just have to almost just stay out of everything just to, 
keep your blood pressure down and maintain your own sanity, you know, like it, and it really sucks. It's gotten to that point that you're like apprehensive about posting something because I, I always am because somebody always has something to say and like what I can be very, very mean and nasty when I'm pushed too far. And that's just the reaction you get. I don't passively sit there and like roll over and like, Oh, okay, whatever, bro. You know, like it's just, not that isn't how I react to stuff and I get extremely mad and evil and mean and do and say things that I probably shouldn't do but you know you can only push people so far and like it's really like weak when people do it over toy trucks I think that's just the worst so I don't know maybe maybe it'll change someday you know the whole internet scene you know, maybe a new platform will come along that we don't have these type of problems and stuff. You know, I really don't know. I think it sucks because Facebook can be such a rad thing for this hobby. And there's so many things that I've like learned and seen that I thought was cool that I never would have gotten to discover if it wasn't for Facebook and the internet. Um, Sorry, I keep having to clear my throat. Um, but I don't know. I mean, for the time being, like, I just, it, I think that it's going to take moderators and people stepping up just finally, you know, we've had enough. And utilizing the block feature, I that can save people a lot of headache. Um, and, and, and the bullies and the dickheads always try and, like, make you out to be, like, the weak ass person that, you know, like blocked him. Oh, he blocked me. You know, it's like, Oh, the guy can't take it or whatever, you know? And like that, but really what it is is it's just that other person creating a happier life for themselves. Cause you're effectively like when you block someone, you're effectively like just removing them from your life. You know, like this is super morbid to say, but it's kind of rad because it's like, they're gone. They just died as far as you're concerned. You know, they aren't even alive. They, they don't affect you in any way now. They just don't even exist. And I think that there's a lot of like personal happiness and empowerment that can come from that. If more people choose to do it and just finally be like, look, I've had enough of people's shit. This has to stop. It's not constructive, and you're making life more miserable than it needs to be. And I think that's where people forget this stuff is it's just it's supposed to be for fun and, you know, toys and, you know, having a good time and a way to unwind. And it it's so weird to see people go out of their way to make sure that people are not enjoying themselves. Like, that, that blows my mind. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully more people kind of step up and say what needs to be said and block people or admins start removing people. Um, it's, I don't know, I think the world would be a lot better place because of it if more people aren't afraid to do that. Yeah, the other thing too is what a lot of people need to realize too is there's the other thing you can do. Keep scrolling. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, if you don't like something, you can just 
scroll past it. Yeah, I purposely won't comment on shit that I don't like. Like, I would much rather just be like, hey, dude, that looks awesome. You know, nice job. Like, I would rather just offer some encur- encouragement to somebody. Like, even uh, I'm not saying, like, go out of your way and do it even if you don't mean it. I mean, that that's really cool if you know you're gonna take the time to do that just to try and make somebody feel better um but i mean i don't know like i i especially like political posts and stuff like that like i just don't get involved with it like if i see something i don't like i don't say anything you know it's like i only want to post something if it's encouraging in some way shape or form to other people you know and Personally, I get way more joy out of some, you know, helping somebody feel good about something than trying to like tear them apart and make them feel bad about something. I just, you know, I don't know. It's cool. And you make a lot of friends that way too. You know, there's a lot of people on Facebook that I've never met and probably won't meet that, you know, like I I consider to be like friends and think that they're cool people and stuff. Like, Nick LaRusso and I recently became friends on Facebook and stuff. And it's like, I just, I don't know, like he's a cool guy, you know, like he's involved with the podcast, you know, as far as being a listener and, you know, I like his rigs, I like the stuff that he posts up and everything. And and it's cool, you know, and it's like, there's certain people that I'm friends with on Facebook and stuff where I'll purposely like seek out and look at like what they're doing and just be like, Hey man, that's rad. You know, like, if nobody's told you already, that looks super badass, nice job, you know? And it's like, that really needs to be what the hobby is all about because trying to be tough or mean over toy cars is just the dumbest thing ever. Like, I mean, it looks absolutely, utterly insane to people on the outside. You know, it makes no sense. Like, why are you telling somebody that they should swallow a bullet over an RC car? Like, really? Mm-hmm. You know, and when we were having our discussion earlier today, too, it was kind of funny because, like, in, as soon, when Travis said it, it really kind of helped put things into perspective for me. Um, but Travis had said, you know, I wonder how these types of people handle real problems in their life. And it's it's funny to think about that because it's like, you know, I've been into car dealerships and stuff like that, and I don't see people freaking out having shit fits and stuff at the car dealership over their car being in for a service or something got recalled, you know? Yeah, they may grumble or it's inconvenient or whatever, but people with RC cars, you know, it's like they act like they're not going to get to work and aren't going to be able to feed their family now. Like they're that level ups of upset over RC cars, and it's just like, it, it was funny because I'd never really considered it before Travis said something, but it's like, damn, you know, how do they handle, you know, like their kid misbehaving or whatever. And like, I, I think what it boils down to is like, there's still way more good than bad out there. Even in Facebook, you know, like the minority is the group of people that are being jerks to other people. They're, a, they're a small select group you see way more fun and positive things than you do bad but the bad stuff really stands out in everybody's minds because that's the ones that turn into all the comments that are fun to read and everything else you know so it's just i i think what it boils down to is a lot of these people the small group that are you know a problem on social media I, I really do think that it's because they're unhappy about something in their life, like what you were saying, you know, like, are they may have a shit job, and they may like, you know, 
work in the propane business or something, you know, and it's not glorifying and like, you know, maybe they're just barely making ends meet or whatever. And RC is literally all they have, you know, and while that should be like a good, happy thing, they're so saturated with just unhappiness in their life that they just are taking that and projecting it onto other people. And it sounds dumb because it's something I always heard as a kid, you know, about like, you know, people that are mean or because they're really angry at themselves instead or, you know, but it's like, as I've gotten older, I am kind of figuring out that that's really what it is because I have even been that way too. You know, it's like, I've been mean before because I'm unhappy with myself and that caused me to unnecessarily be a dickhead. And, you know, I, I really think that that's something that holds true. So I think rather than like trying to argue with these people, you know, like, just not saying take pity on them, but just find some reward for yourself in the, and some reassurance in the fact that they probably have a super shitty life and that's why they're acting the way they are. So, you know, just, it's not worth your time. Like they're, this is all they have probably. And, you know, just, I need to be better about letting it go. And, I think that's a good way of looking at it for people. It's just like, yeah, this dude just sucks. He's just mad at everything, and he's mad at his place in life. He's mad at his job. He's mad at, you know, having financial obligations or whatever. There's probably way more to it, you know, behind the scenes than most people realize. So, yeah. I don't know. Just be cool to each other. It's so freaking easy. Like, it's so easy, you know? And, like, who doesn't want to be happy? You know what I mean? Like, I would rather, like, you know, tell somebody, hey, man, your build inspired me to do this and have them be like, oh, right on. Yeah, you know, you did this, and I thought that was really cool, too, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, next thing you know, you're, like, talking to them, and you're kind of like, you know, Facebook buddies all of a sudden and stuff. It's like, why wouldn't you want things to be that way? It very easily could be, you know? I mean, look at – I mean, you've got people from all races, all walks of life that are involved in this hobby. There's this one common thing that is bringing everybody together, you know, and it's, you know, for the most part, like-minded people. And there's a lot of fun to be had in crowds like that, you know, and uh, I don't know. No, I get it. Um my whole simple thing is just like it's more about people just need to learn it's not so much not saying anything it's well i guess that is it. it's just learning to know when to just keep walking away i mean i found myself and stuff i mean even when it comes as simple as trying to answer you know what i would think is a helpful you know like question you know like or giving a helpful answer on a question and it's like i'll type out a whole answer and i'll kind of stop and i'll look at it and i go I already know there's going to be somebody in the comments. <laughs> I do that too. And then you delete and it, I right? Just go, and I just delete it. But yeah. then I kind of, at the same time, <laughs> now it's, you're kind of robbing that person of, of some help because, you know, you're, you have an answer that you feel is valid, but you just know somebody else is going to try oh, and yeah. tear it apart. So you're just like, ah, forget it. But at the end, it's like, you know. Yeah. It's, oh, dude, I, I took a gnarly beating over that moon buggy from, 
three people and it was just like it was comedy i'm just i mean not comedy because it pissed me off obviously but i mean it was like come on guys like really just let it go you know and like you can kind of get a little bit of an insight to some of these people and one of the dudes was like so what happens the dude's trying to like tell me you know oh hey you need to buy my flat skid and i was like no, I'm good. Thanks, though. You know, I I don't want to put a flat skid on the moon buggy. It's going to change the link geometry, blah, 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 blah. And this guy is a aftermarket chassis manufacturer. And so he, he goes, well, you can make brackets and stuff for links and everything. You know, it's like you guys offer enough, t- uh, like all kinds of shock tabs and stuff. You should know this. And I'm just like, okay, now I see what you're trying to do here. Like you were trying to make a sale. I said no. And then now you're trying to kind of dig at me, you know, like, like I get it. I see what you're trying to do. And then his buddy hops on and starts piping off about the fact that I called it a Capra killer is a joke. And, you know, shocks are all wrong and it should be this way and that way. And he's no G. And this dude was so worked up over my car that like he, misspelled OG even like I figured out what he was trying to say but it's like I'm sitting there looking at this guy and I was like okay I'm not gonna win if I engage with him because evidently he thinks he's an OG so right away this guy thinks he knows more than everybody else granted he doesn't know me he doesn't know what I you know he has no idea what kind of knowledge I have or even why I built it to look the way it did or anything like that. Like he has no information and he's just basically trying to like flex on me with how knowledgeable he is. And so that was the day that we came up with like, thank you for your knowledge. And it just, it ended up being the perfect answer. And I used it twice in that same conversation, hoping that somebody would get it that basically like, you know, it's a super good way of just going fuck you, but not saying it, you know, just thank you for your knowledge, you know, and just move along, leave it, you know, let it die at that. And it was really great. And so it's, it's like the perfect thing for these people. Just thank them for their knowledge and just let it go, you know, and eventually, you know, especially if they're being belligerent with you, like they're going to see that it's like this dude's just telling me to F off. Basically I get it. Or, you know, maybe they're really dumb and they aren't going to get it. Who knows? But Anyways, that's like my new standard go-to with internet dickheads and trolls is just thanking them for how smart they are and move along. And it actually feels really good because you're kind of, it's like this like inside joke that you've got. And, you know, in reality, you're clowning them without them knowing that you're clowning them. So there's some satisfaction there. And I totally recommend people on Facebook using thank you for your knowledge because it kind of just drops the conversation right there how do you respond to that you know what i mean like it's just the perfect argument ender is just thank you for your knowledge and move along exactly that's our new secret social media weapon so if you know me and you see me say it or i've said it to you now you know that i'm really telling you to f off instead but in a super nice non-combative way (laughs) no i hear you and it's funny. Which well, is on a somewhat positive note, is there anything else you want to add? Because I think we're getting close to... Oh, I guess we kind of are, huh? I didn't pay that. I know it was a little bit after 8, wasn't it? 
Ghost of Travis. Are you going to let us know? Yeah, we're just shy of two hours. Wow. Well, all right. Well, hey, everybody. It was fun. Thank you for letting me rant. Hopefully, I offered some sort of useful information for you for dealing with online jerks because I think that works really good. And don't let people tell you how to build your cars. Yeah. Unless, unless his name's um, Jake Kendall. No. I, He's I, an expert. I don't know what I'm doing. I would never even remotely <laughs> call myself an expert. Not in the least. He's an OG. An OG. <laughs> an OG guy. Uh, I see that used so much in RC. <laughs> Figure it out on your own. I'm an OG. We started this hobby. Google's your friend. YouTube's your friend. We didn't have anyone to show us. We just figured it out. You do the same. Yeah. <laughs> the OGs. Where would the hobby be without the OGs? Dude, I, I honestly, I try to refrain from using that because it's like, like, I'm it not even going to say. It immediately sounds pretentious. I'm, I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to say his name, but I, but I've had conversations with a buddy of mine and, and, and he flat out said that he goes, yeah. And then this guy was saying something about something. And so I just responded with, you know, this is like, we've been doing this since back in the day. Oh like this gosh. is, it. and I'm going, I just like, literally like I just did now put my hand on my palm on my forehead and was just like, you gotta be kidding me. I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. Like, it's such a ridiculous flex. It really is like, I'm an OG. Like, I started – oh, you started this hobby. That is fantastic. Thank you. Tomorrow we will work on our monument to you. Exactly. Anywho, all right, Anywho. guys. We are, what, two weeks away from the Christmas special? I think. Yep. I don't next know. I got week the calendar is, right in front of me. I can look at it. Next week oh. is the 16th. Then oh, we got yeah, the and then the 23rd. And I think we what we've decided that the twenty third is going to be a live Facebook broadcast. Is that what we kind of decided? Think so yeah, it's uh, whether we can record it or not. It's kind of like a. I'm still working on all that. I I don't think it's even super crucial at this point. We I mean, will just see. We yeah. will just see. Yeah, I think yeah, two weeks from now, so the twenty third, we'll have. We'll have the scale RC show holiday bash. So who's going to be the employee that gets way too wasted at the company Christmas party and makes a fool out of themselves. Who's going to be that guy? That'd be you. Me? You. I don't drink, son. <laughs> I volunteer myself now. I can volunteer myself. One of you just has to be sloppy drunk the entire what if episode. Bo- what, if, what if both of us are? That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> The drunk at the company Christmas party episode. <laughs> oh, I'm down. As long as everybody's pants stay on and we'll start dancing, we'll be in good shape. You know, if you can see, even if my pants were on, if you could see my pants on camera, there's a different problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the entire time is just a crotch shot of Travis standing in front of the camera, thinking, <laughs> just, not thinking about it. I'm just standing there, no face or anything, just just a denim fly of jeans. Okay, <laughs> I, I I gotta say this only because this relates to what you're talking about. So, what was it last week? Last week, 
we were getting some parts installed on Michelle's Jeep and we took it to an audio place. Well, I was bored waiting for the guy to get, you know, he was wrapping up with the other customers. So I'm wandering around. They got this new reverse camera thing, yeah, right? And they tell you to push the button to check out how the reverse camera thing works. So I push the button and I'm staring at the rear view mirror because it's supposed to turn into a screen of what it's showing. And you push the button and I'm going, did the person setting up this display, did they not think about where to place this camera? It was literally crotch height. I push the button, and I'm staring at my fly. I'm going, what the? I'm like, who thought of this? <laughs> you got to, like, do the look around, see if anybody was watching you. Yeah, exactly. I'm the, like, nut, <laughs> the nut cam. I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I'm just like, man, you had one job. One job. That would have been pretty cool if, like, you enable it, and then it's, like, fanfare. Like, nut cam! And <laughs> the confetti pops out, and you get just bombarded by store employees. Oh, oh my God. Love it. But anyways, guys, we, uh, oh. yeah. Two weeks away. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, stay safe. Bye, Later, everybody. guys.